What's up? Hey. How's it going? It's early for you. It certainly is early. My, well, it shouldn't be early, but it is early for me. <laughs> 9 a.m. is early. It's Saturday. I, I guess for a Saturday, it is early. I'm on a Surface book right now. How do you like that? We're going to talk about it for at length, I imagine. <laughs> but I wanted to start off by asking you, um, what what when was the last time you had like really good customer service? Boy, um, the last time I had really good customer service was I found. It was like through a friend of a friend. They make like sugar cookies, like custom. You can, you know, what, whatever kind of icing or print or you know whatever kind of thing you want to, you know, give them an idea and they'll they'll run with it. Mm-hmm. And I found them on Instagram and then just, you know, sent them an email saying, "Hey, this friend of a friend recommended you. Can you make this and and send it out this week?" Mm-hmm. And kind of like rush order. Um, I was sending cookies to this girl, and I, I, I wanted to like you know make this good first impression kind of thing. And um, well, well that, I don't know how you can go wrong with sending her cookies. So that's well, pretty good. well, that that relationship didn't really work out. But um, oh. uh, the customer service, and it was very very high touch, um, sending me pictures that along the whole process and, um, wow. you know, making sure that the cookies got, you know, got to the people in time and it was just a fantastic experience. Wow. Well, that's pretty cool. I, um, I had a really good customer service experience yesterday getting this service book. Um, I live about 90 miles away from the nearest Microsoft store. Maybe maybe a little bit more, actually. And um, so I wanted to call and make sure that they had the latest of these in because these just came out. I mean, I bought this yesterday. It was in the store yesterday. It was the first time it was in the store was yesterday. Wow. And so I called the mall and or I called the store. First of all, I also called the Apple store to see if I can see the new MacBooks, but then I also called the Microsoft store. And I kept getting, like, this robot that I couldn't get through to a person. Like, no matter what I tried, I could not get through to a person. And there was no option on on the phone system to see whether or not the new services were there. So that was frustrating. That's, like, that's not good customer service. But I called the mall... Uh, that this store is in and said, I can't get through these guys. And they're like, yeah, well, they don't have a phone number that lets you call them. And I said, well, I'm 90 miles away. You know, I don't want to get in the car, drive all the way there, and then them them not even have it. I don't know if I'm going to buy it or not. That was irrelevant. It was like, because I wasn't sure on my way there whether I was going to buy anything. Um, But I knew I wanted to at least look at it. And um, the lady goes, okay, why don't you give me your number? And I'll go over to the Microsoft store and ask them for you. So why don't you tell me what you want? Wow. Yeah. 
I see your face because it's like very like these days, which this is, I guess I could say this is kind of sad that we're surprised by this, but I was, I was surprised and I said, okay, well, here's my phone number. And then the people at work were like, yeah, okay, they're never going to call you back. Like <laughs> you just gave your number to somebody and I didn't even ask her for her name or anything. And then like, they're never going to call you back. They have no reason to. Well, it was about 40 minutes later. So I was beginning to lose hope and I get a phone call and the phone call was, I'm inside the Microsoft store right now and they have two different models. Which one would you want? Blah, 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 blah. And I said, well, I want this one. And she goes, yep, they have them here. So I hopped in the car after work and drove down to New Jersey, Wayne, New Jersey, the Willowbrook Mall. So shout out to the staff at the Willowbrook Mall. Um, Okay, so I, I drove down with my friend Dan. He's a videographer. He really wanted to check out the um, Surface Studio. He wanted to see the new MacBooks for sure because he's a Final Cut user. And um, so we get into the we get into the mall. We walk right into the the Microsoft store. And uh, first thing we saw was the Surface Studio, and a couple people came over and and walked us through that. It's very very nice. The Surface Studio is is easily the word gorgeous could be used. Very, very awesome uh, looking and the way it works. The, the the Surface Studio that they had like right in the middle front of the store when you walk, like you can't walk in the store without walking past it. <clears throat> that one was like full, you know, specs running, you know, Premiere and, and illustrating programs and all oh, kinds man. of stuff. Really cool to fool around with. I got a couple of pictures and some video and stuff. It's like, it's really, really nice. I do recommend anybody that does illustration or works with video or audio even to, if you're going to look at a MacBook with the new touch bar and stuff, just go over there and look. Just go over to the Microsoft Store if you have one anywhere near you and just take a look at some of the stuff. But anyway, so he's fooling around with that. I knew I didn't want that. I want a portable, um, even though that thing was really sweet. It's just not something that I, I don't want a computer at work and leave it there. I don't. I don't like that. So, I meet this this guy that works at Microsoft. Shout out to Dom. He's Pope Dom. Pope underscore Dom on Twitter. Um, he doesn't tweet too much, but this guy was super super awesome. Um, so my customer service at the Willowbrook Mall has been extended now to the Microsoft store, and this guy. I said I'm looking for the latest Surface. Can you show it to me? And he's showing me some of the features, showing me some of the stuff. And I was like, have you ever heard of Bash on Windows? You know, I asked him if he heard about, you know, uh, booting up into Ubuntu on on Surface. And now it's built into Windows so that I can do things like um, use some of the command line things that I do on, on Mac, like Git and um, running PHP or running Apache or... Um, so on and so forth. So anything that you can do on the Unix stack. And he goes, yeah, I just installed that on my Surface. Let me go in the back and get it for you. Oh, so he, that's awesome. He, hand, he handed me his – he has a Surface 4 Pro. He handed me his Surface 4 Pro and goes, here, if you want to fool around with it just to see – because I was like, I don't know if I want this Surface book because I don't know if I can do everything that I want to be able to do. And he goes, why don't you just mess around with mine for a while? It's already installed, and you can see then if – if uh, it'll work. So he literally was letting me run like bash commands on his MacBook. 
or excuse me, whoa, wow, I said MacBook. On his Surface 4 Pro, it ran great. Um, and then I saw him using his Surface 4 Pro, and he, like, full keyboard, shortcut dude, you know, was totally, like, exactly the way I am on my MacBook, like, never using the mouse, uh, can move around the operating system really, really well. I was really, really surprised at how responsive the... It's just a tablet, you know what I mean? Like, he's just using a tablet, and it was super responsive. And so I said, okay, I gotta... I'm gonna bite the bullet. I said, I'm not even gonna go over to the Apple Store. I'm not even gonna look at the new MacBooks, because I don't care about the touch bar. Um, I'm gonna go all in on Surface. So I wanna buy the the highest-end Surface that that you can. So it's the 16-gigabyte i7, whatever, with the biggest hard drive, the whole thing. And um, and he goes, well, if you buy it, why don't you let me open it for you, and I'll install like the latest Windows update here in the store. I'll install Bash for Windows. I'll get it all set up for you, and I'll even walk you through some of the things. Wow. Yeah, and he goes, I'm supposed to leave, but I, I'll I'll stay and do that because you drove 90 miles, and I want to make sure that you get exactly what you want. That's awesome. It's ridiculous. So I mean I can go on and on, but essentially above, we were there above and beyond. What above you would, and beyond, even even a good experience would have ended with, oh, like yes, we have what you want. Here you go, good luck. Exactly, exactly. So they the store closed before we were done. <laughs> he was there after it was closed, and was like, I just want to make sure that before you leave here, you're totally happy with what you got. So uh, he updated Windows for me. He um, walked me through many of the, like, I don't know if you ever use Command, or excuse me, Windows X. That gives you a whole new uh, menu. Yeah. And in, and in there, I could do, like, so I didn't, you know, there's, I haven't, by the way, I'm, I'm not a Windows 10 user, so obviously I have to catch up on a lot of things. But he walked me through all that stuff. He walked me through uh, the Windows Feature Manager so that you can turn things on and off. He installed Bash on Windows. He showed me a couple things. So long story short is... Dom at the Microsoft store in the Willowbrook Mall made it so that a person that's coming from Apple really felt amazing. And to to kind of contrast that, uh, I mean, I know I'm going on and on, but to kind of contrast that, Dan and I then, by the way, the, the Microsoft store was great. It was it was full of people, which it historically, whenever I saw Microsoft stores, that was not the case. Now it was full of people. Tons of kids playing Minecraft. Tons of people using VR. They had a VR set up in the middle of the mall, so people were playing Oculus uh, games, um, which was a huge hit. But then, I mean, like the place was full. The place was absolutely full. It was a, it was a place to be more so than just buying something. Like kids were actually playing like four-player Minecraft right in the middle of the store. They have it set up to play Minecraft. It was awesome. And um, do they have the Hololens in the store? Yeah. Oh man. Yep. I'm going to have to find a Microsoft store. So they have HoloLens in there. They have the Vive or whatever that thing's called. I'm not exactly sure the name of that. And then they had the Oculus. They had it all. Wow. And they had people, like, it wasn't like it was just sitting there and you had to put it on. No, they had a guy in the middle of them. Well, they had a guy in the middle of the mall with a huge TV so that everybody could watch what the person was doing. He would help you put the Oculus on. He would walk you through it. And you had to walk up to a surface and schedule to play a game so you could go shopping and come back and play the game. It was like being at Disney World and playing an Oculus game. You know what I mean? And I didn't do it. I didn't do the Oculus, but Dan did while I was getting my Surface book set up because it was taking a while, doing the Windows updates and all that stuff. Um, 
and Dan said it was great, and I've got, like, boomerangs of Dan playing, because, like, you're, you're doing, like, weird moves. Like, he's throwing spears, and, oh, it was awesome. It was really cool. So we walk over to the Apple Store, and the Apple Store, i got to be honest with you, Apple Store, Willowbrook Mall, I've never seen one, quote, unquote, a mess. All the MacBooks were kind of turned, um, which sounds crazy for it being considered a mess, but usually Apple Stores are, like, straight lines everywhere, everything's set up perfect, you know, you can kind of picture an Apple store and this one like looked like a mess to me. I don't know. And we walk in, they didn't have the new MacBooks at all. They didn't even have a display model, which I think is going to hurt them here coming up to Christmas. Um, I'm sure people are doing Christmas shopping right now. You know what I mean? Like, so they walk in and they they can't buy something. Um, and we start talking, uh, mainly because I had already bought the surface book by this point. So I didn't even care. But Dan started talking to, um, to the guy there because he's like, I want the new MacBook Pro because I use Final Cut. And he goes, can I see what your connections look like so I can connect all my hard drives? They don't have anything to help a Pro user connect. any. Like, So you, you can buy a brand new MacBook Pro right now, but he can't connect anything to it. And yes, there's USB stuff, but they don't even have a dongle there that lets you go from USB-C to all the stuff that he needs. So there is no way, and then and then the kid goes. He's a relatively young guy, but he he, he said he worked at um, Apple Store for at least two or three years. That's what he said. But he goes, "Oh, you're a pro user. This may not be for you then." It's called a MacBook Pro. Wow. We were we were like, what? So. So that, that's I mean that's just you know one guy and it's not the official yeah. line. No, but, it's not. But that that's that's. The guy who works at the Apple store recognizes yep. that Apple, like, does not consider yep. pro users their main customers. And walking out of there and seeing what they were selling and seeing what they were pushing and what wanted people to look at, because the MacBook Pros, like the brand new MacBook Pro, they had one of them without the touch bar sitting in the corner. Like, not even kidding. It was like sitting in the corner. And seeing that, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty convinced that Apple thinks that by removing Pro features, it will make these devices more approachable to non-Pro, which is certainly a larger audience. So if they can capture more consumers to use their laptops because they're not for Pros, they will capture a larger uh, customer base. And that is probably true, and I don't blame them for it. It just feels like they're leaving us out in the cold. And I don't even care uh, because now I have a service book. But I will say that the opposite is true with Microsoft if you're a pro user, quote-unquote a pro user. I'm a programmer, so yes, I guess I'm a pro, pro user. But the people at the Microsoft store all wanted me to get what I wanted and wanted me to get what I needed to do my work. And and Apple uh, wants people to check Gmail and Facebook. That's literally what the kid said. He goes, well, most people just buy these MacBooks to check uh, their Gmail and get on Facebook. And I'm like, what? Yeah, it's it's a huge... The, the days of Apple Computer are over. It seems like it. I mean, the, they they changed the name, but they oh, still, yeah, yeah. where they were still focusing on their computer lines and their computer software. and And they were focused on the designers and the videographers and the uh, people who make audio and now now their their audience they, they, apple is the new sony yep that's 
you know, I, I've been I've been saying that line for a, for a while, and I, I feel like I feel like it is true today. So, so how, how do you like that that pen thing? I I feel like I've used a lot of. Uh, I gotta walk you through this stuff. whole thing. I gotta walk you through this whole I, thing. I love, like, that's like the number one like top feature, and it may be just like the the gimmick. Yeah. That that separates it from from everybody else's thing, but they put it like a good. You should fly digitizer. over here. You should fly over here and stay for a couple <laughs> nights just to play around with this. Yeah, I I I may go and get a Surface Book, you know. <laughs> But I, you know, again, I, I have to go to the, go to the, go to the Microsoft store just to try. The, well, you probably have one like ten I, minutes I, from you. I'm sure there's one one in Portland. All right, so here here's here's the story about switching uh, so far. Now I got this. I got home last night from driving all the way to New Jersey and back, which is, I, for those that don't have any context of where I live, I'm, I'm in northeastern Pennsylvania near near Scranton, Pennsylvania. So you can look on a map for that. And I had to drive to Wayne, New Jersey. So it was about a two-hour ride. Um, I didn't get home till after midnight. Um, and I stayed up till about 2.30 or 3 o'clock until I literally couldn't hold my head up anymore um, getting stuff set up. And then this morning I woke up at like 6.30 and started doing, started doing it again, started setting up this, Mac, this Surface Book. So I will say a couple things about switching from Mac to Windows right now. Um, and I'm not quite – I'm definitely not done. It's going to take me about a month, I think, which sounds probably daunting to people. But I also think it's an opportunity for me to rework some of my workflows because sometimes when you start with a clean slate, you know, I don't have to do things exactly the way I did before. I, I have an opportunity to make them better in some way. But the cloud is is really important in this role. You know, the fact that I opened up Simple Note on Windows and I have all my notes. And as you know from a blog post I just wrote this week, I use Simple Note a lot. And so, boom, everything was there. Um, Windows 10, very cool, did not know this, plugs into iCloud very easily. So I got all of my calendars and uh, and all of my contacts in one second. Like, boom, didn't have to think about that. Uh, I was very surprised by that. I did not imagine that Microsoft was plugged into iCloud as well as that is as it is. Um. I have a free one terabyte for a year of OneDrive, so I will be moving all of my photos and everything to OneDrive. I'm very happy about that because um, that's how much I that's how much space I get from from Apple for for iCloud Photo Library. So I'm going to be very happy to have OneDrive so that I can use uh, I can access my photos everywhere. Um, and so that that tra- that that part of the transition was far easier than I thought. There is a weird thing about me getting my photos onto OneDrive. Um, because my external hard drives are formatted with Mac OS extern- extended journaled file system, the Surface Book could not see that drive whatsoever. So what I did was I partitioned one, one of the partitions. I just formatted as um, it's called EXFAT. So XFAT is the, is the ex- extended FAT is the... Uh, the drive format, which can be read by all operating systems, and there is no file size limit like there is with FAT32 and FAT16 and all that stuff. So by doing that, I can now move all my photos to there and then move them onto the Surface Book, and I did it already. I did it with 
like four or five years worth already, and I already have them on my, on my service book, and it worked perfect. Um, for those that are using Apple's Photos library, my friend Dan Kimbrough pointed out to me that if you right-click on the Photos library and you hit Show Package Contents, all the masters are there by year. So, like, they're, it, all I had to do was drag them over. Oh, like nice. it's, Yeah. So there, I'll probably restructure the folders a little bit, but by and large, I mean, way easier than I thought it was going to be. A couple things. So that, that Wait, hold, some on, people, hold on a second. Yeah. Um, I'm going to stop recording for a second. So some people would think that, you know, um, messing about with all those external hard drives and, and so yes, I, I'm probably not the normal person that would switch from Mac to Windows and because I know how to format my hard drive and I know how to reformat it to read with Windows and all that stuff. So yes, that is a pain in the neck, but for me personally, it was like, it wasn't very hard. I'm happy so far. One of the things that sucked was I asked... Dom, and I emailed him. By the way, he gave me his email address and wanted me to email him everything that I found out about this thing. Like he said, when you switch from Mac to Windows, I want you to email me everything that you find that is stinks so that someone that works at Microsoft, as someone that works at Microsoft, he can tell people, hey, uh, I know you're switching to uh, to Windows 10, and but here's some things that you might want to consider. One of the things that he thought was, because the Surface Book comes with a mini DisplayPort uh, plug, that my Thunderbolt display would just work because it is a mini DisplayPort plug. But doing some research online and coming home and trying it, as far as I can tell, can't I can't I can't use my external display um, with with this Surface Book. Now, for some people, again, that would be a humongous bummer, um, and I guess it kind of is. But I probably am due for a brand new display anyway. So whatever. Um, I'll probably I'll probably email Dom and ask him which one I should get because I would like to get the best display I possibly can get based on what this can drive. But this new service book has a GPU and everything, so hopefully I can get a pretty decent one. Now, so what was was that just like a a Thunderbolt versus Mini DisplayPort thing or I think so because other people said that other Apple displays have worked in the past, but this Thunderbolt display, the specific model I have, doesn't work. But I don't know because I know like. That was one of the things when I bought my monitor like two or three years ago. I was yeah. like, right on the on the line of when they were switching over everything over to um, to Thunderbolt, and I made sure I got like the year previous model so that it would work with my old old <laughs> um, like MacBook 2009 MacBook as well as my 2013 MacBook Air. So yeah. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, I don't know if it's just buying a dongle versus buying a whole new monitor kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, that, that, that's a good point. I, I, maybe I should look into that. Um, so that kind of stinks, but sound, the sound on this is very good. It, and what I have to compare it to, this Surface Book replaces for me my MacBook Pro, my 13-inch MacBook Pro, and my 10-inch iPad. So I am replacing two devices with one. And the sound on this is better than both of those, by far. Um, so this morning I threw on some Alabama Shakes. 
and I was listening uh, using the the speakers, not like headphones or anything. Um, and it was awesome. And I'm I'm super super pumped about having decent audio on on my laptop because I do use it quite a bit. Um, whenever I work late in the office, I like throw some jazz on or whatever, and I'm I'm down with not having any to buy any uh, speakers or whatever. Okay, so the next thing is ports. Apple does catch a lot of crap for like removing ports, but to be honest with you, the Surface Book doesn't have that money more. It do, I mean, it has infinitely more than than my iPad. So by switching to this, I have uh, at least some ports for my iPad. But uh, it has a mini display port. It has a power port. It has two USBs, and it has an SD card reader. That is probably plenty for many people. You kicking your cat? Yeah. She was attacking the uh, the main power cord. Sorry, I was like, you know, this whole thing is gonna go out if you if you keep attacking that. <laughs> oh, cats, man! So, so Microsoft has slimmed down the number of ports, but still plenty that for what I need. Um, so I'm starting to learn this Windows 10 thing, and I'm gonna, I'm going to ask you some questions live on the air here, but. Um, I, so I'm picking up. Just, I'm picking up on the gestures. <laughs> oh, you don't use ten. No, no. So I, I am on ten, but um, you know, one of the funny things is that so much of my work and um, a little bit of my like personal work um, and play has been through browsers, and so you know, I really haven't dug very deep into Windows ten. And, yeah. um, and because my family is still on Windows 7, like, I haven't had to, like, I haven't been forced to dig in and, like, figure out settings and stuff because it's, it's all, um, you know, just, like, me Googling Windows 7, how to stop your parents from getting hacked <laughs> or, you know, like... Uh, recently, um, my mom fell for one of those, oh, your, bro- your computer's been hacked, call this number and give us 200 bucks. I mean, and she got to the point where they were like, all right, now let, let's see, we, all we need is your credit card number. And she was like, you know, this sounds, let me, let me call my son real quick. And she's like, Danny, I don't know what to do. I was like, mom, this is a scam. <laughs> and she was like, I, I, I thought something was fishy. Oh so, man! You know, and fortunately, it wasn't like a, um, you know, we've encrypted your entire hard drive. It was one of those very, very, you know, low, low technology, you know, just like try try to get the person to call you and give you give you their banking information, or you know, the, like the whole point is just to you know collect that two hundred bucks and move on to the next person. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not trying to, like, hack your computer or install right. any spyware or anything. You know, all they want to do is throw up a pop-up that tricks you into calling them. Anyway, <laughs> besides the point, I haven't had, the, had to deal with, you know, any of the technical support stuff that, you know, the more computer users to non-computer users get from their family on Windows 10. Yeah. So I haven't had to dig into that so much. Um, right. so most of my use has been through browsers and just, you know, dealing with the web. And um, when when you mentioned the, you know, bash for Windows and stuff, I, I just started, you know, digging in a little bit deep. And so now I, f- I feel like I, now I have 
have a a new Saturday project. <laughs> of, <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely, definitely worth taking a look at. I mean, it's awesome that you can run Bash on Windows now. It's ridiculous. So I'm picking up on some of the gestures. I'm picking up on some some of the shortcuts. Um, a couple of the gestures I wanted to ask you a couple about because I don't know if you use any of the gestures. You probably use a mouse ninety percent of the time, right? Yeah, I I don't have a touch screen, so I'm, okay, I'm left out. Well, the cold or or a touch pad, ways. or a touch pad, right? Yeah, I, I, I don't don't have any touch for for Windows right now. Okay, so how there supposedly is a desktop uh, viewer, right? Like, there's more than one desktop somehow. Um, I'm I'm not sure. Come on now, you got to know this. Uh, <laughs> you have to know this. There's there's like a way to have multiple desktops, desktops, just like on Mac. Virtual desktops. Yes. Customize virtual desktop settings comes up if you use Cortana. Show windows that are open only on the desktop I'm using. Arrange windows by dragging them to the sides, which is awesome. That's a great thing, by the way. When I snap a window, automatically sizes to fit the available space. When I snap a window, show what I can snap next to it. Don't get that. When I resize a snapped window, simultaneously resize any adjacent snapped window. I don't get any of this. But I have to get used to it. I'll have to get used to that, because I don't know what that means. Alt-Tab shows windows that are open... Okay, only Windows so key how do tab. I... Windows key tab. Windows key tab. That shows me that shows all you of my... everything that's open. Oh, and then there's a new desktop button on the bottom right hand corner. Yeah, there we go. So then if I do that, boom, and I then, get a second. Then you get the desktop Sweet. one versus desktop two. Yep. And then I can use four finger slide over to get to it. Nice. Okay, so I figured that out. Um I don't know how to do I don't know how you do it with the mouse, but you can use four fingers to slide over to get to it. Well yeah, um, I mean it, with with that it's just the alt tab and then clicking down at the bottom. I'm sure there's like a Yeah. So some of the gestures that I like are three fingers down gives me my desktop. Three fingers up brings everything back up that I had open. So like if I just want to see my desktop really quick, I can just do three fingers straight down. And and so um, this this really um like I feel like this is why Microsoft went went all in on this one OS yeah. for everything. Yeah. Um and building these gesture things, you know, gestures into like their main OS, even though um like for me it's it's not it's not useful because I don't have a touch device, but all devices in the future will. And I feel like Apple, like in in contrast, like Apple has not built, like they don't they don't have a touchscreen Pro device, right? For for their for the main OS, like OS ten is not built for touch. Yep. Um, one of the so, things I love having a BlackBerry is like their their 10 OS is it's like it's all gestures and so I'm like that's one of the reasons why I want to try that big Surface desktop. But here's the other thing too to remember is the gestures that I'm currently um, talking about are on the touchpad, not on the screen. Right. 
the screen, you know, I, I, I'd have to slide over from the left, slide over from the top, slide over from the right. gives me different things, like the, the action center uh, comes over from the right when I slide from the right. The, the task switcher, when I slide from the left, the task switcher comes up. But all these things are learned things. It's going to take me a little while to get used to them, but, but it is very, very smooth, very fast. Everything works great. Um, I do have a question about keyboard shortcuts. I'm very, very used to the command key on Apple. Um, the Windows key in this sense kind of takes that over for some of the things that I would use it for. However, the control key being how I do things like opening a new tab in a browser or whatever, or uh, selecting the location by using control L in a browser or whatever, how in the world... I, I, I have a humongous hand. And Control T to me is a tough reach on this Surface Book. I would much rather be Alt T, and should I switch it? Like, should I go into System Preferences or something and switch it? Um, boy, I <laughs> I think I think it depends on your um, like how quickly you think you'll be able to like remap it in your mind. It's not even that though. It actually is a tough. It's it's a it's a physical maneuver. thing. I, I you to... use do you use Command T to open a new tab in a browser? Yeah, I I am like. Do you use your pinky for the controls? Because I'm I'm on a, a yeah, giant, but still that's... giant keyboard, and the the difference between like my my pinky and like I can go to like Control Y is about as far as well. T is comfortable and Y is uncomfortable. And and so, like, that's like, I I I was fine using control when I want to say like on when I was on Windows for you know whatever it was on the MacBook Air and MacBook um, just the regular MacBook the 2009 MacBook um, I I would like swap it and say okay yes use the use the Apple key. From on the on the keyboard, and that was a little uncomfortable just because, you know, trying to like s- switch and swap when the keyboard was, you know, here's the Apple key, this is what you should be using. Yeah. Um, and switching back between Windows and Mac and Windows and Mac. Um, but you know, now that I'm on, you know, Windows most of the time, um, you know, I don't I don't have a problem with control like as far well, as here's the physical thing. Think about thing. This. What does your left thumb do all day? It hits spacebar. <laughs> it probably doesn't. Your right thumb probably does. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I that's that's interesting to think about, but So so for me, like selecting all, right? I have to physically move my hand to the left to do control A. Whereas select all for me typically when I'm on my Mac is on this, it would be Alt-A. I wouldn't have to move my hand at all. I wouldn't have to move my hand at all. And that's something I do all the time. Select all, copy, paste. Select all, copy, paste. So anyway, I'm going to see so if I can retrain would, my hand or not, but I don't know. Would you Would you just switch Control and Alt? Probably. I'm going to look into it. I don't even know how to do that, but I'm sure, I'm assuming I could somewhere. Yeah, I... I, I'm not sure, but I'm sure that there's you know some some pro settings to be able to do that. So yeah, 
So that's what I have to learn. Okay, so tablet mode. Tablet mode is awesome. Um, I can... There's a little thing in my taskbar to detach my desk, to detach my screen, or I can use the... There's a keyboard button that I just hold it down for like two seconds and it pops off the screen. And I'm in tablet mode. The thing that I like about this Surface Book is it's... This screen is as large as my MacBook Pro screen, and I'm able to use it as a tablet. Um, I think, I forget what they call it, like, the, it, the, the Surface Book is also a convertible, which so, means that you can flip it around, but you don't have to use it that way. Um, the question I have is, is it compatible with the Surface keyboards? Like the standard Surface keyboards? I don't know. Um, I would assume if they're just Bluetooth, probably, but the problem with this Surface Book is that the bottom of it has, like, a little hinge thing to it. You know what I mean? So, like, that may be an issue, but I don't, I don't know. Let me see. Surface Book. Why would you need it? Just to take, just to take a, a smaller keyboard with you? They probably don't make one that's big enough to fit the, over the screen. Because yeah. the surface, the surface is smaller than the Surface Book, the screen size. Uh, that, that's that's one question I'm going to go back and, you know, when I when yeah. I start talking to people is is because I know that the like the Surface Book is it is bigger and like that keyboard is like a it's not like the like the Surface Book that you can buy that you take kind of like a plasticky yeah it's it's not a no, it's, huge physical thing. Yeah, this this keyboard that I have here is, you know, it's a real it's real deal. It's it's a real physical item versus yeah. if you if you just grab your ta- in tablet mode and then oh, I I need to go, you know, I'm going out to the park, I don't want to carry, you know, even more weight, but I may need a keyboard kind of thing. Yeah. Um cuz I do have that same question. Um, they call the top of this Surface Book the clipboard. That's what they call it. They don't call it, like, a Surface. Like, th- okay. this thing is a Surface Book, and the top of it is called the clipboard. Clipboard. Um, for some reason. But okay. my question that I don't know is, there is a certain context that I find myself in Um a few times a week, let's say it's like a client meeting or something like that, where I do not want to bring the keyboard with me at all. Like, I, I literally just want to walk to the client, show them a presentation, and come back. And I would rather not even bring the keyboard at all. I would rather just bring the thing. But I'm scared that I don't have anything covering the screen. So, like, what do I... So, with an iPad, I have a I have a keyboard that covers it. It's weird. It is weird. I, I understand it's a... I, I'm going to... Maybe they'll come out with more products or whatever, but... It's a, it's a weird in between, but the size is big, the weight is heavy. It's pretty heavy, um, but I'm a big boy. I can take it. I don't mind. I don't mind the heaviness, so that Apple doesn't hear this and get crazy. Like you always want thinner and lighter and thinner and lighter. No, I don't. Like this is actually pretty nice. So um, laying in bed last night, it was a little bit weird. Like it was, but I think I just have to get used to it. I think it'll become second nature. Like that's just how heavy it is. It's like I think it's kind of like the difference between like reading a book that's big and reading a book that's small. Like, when you first start picking up, like, a big novel about somebody or something and you're reading through it, you're like, man, this is a big book. 
but you get used to it over time. Um, the form factor is wide, so like I'm very happy that the tablet mode has a split-screen keyboard like the iPad. However, the the iPad pulls that off better. So when you when you switch to the split-screen on-screen keyboard, I don't know if you've ever seen this before, but on the on-screen keyboard on Windows 10, you can hold the keyboard button down and split the keys so that you can use your thumbs when you're in portrait mode. Oh, I, I have never yeah. seen I've never seen that, and I've never seen anybody using that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I use it all the time on the okay. iPad because cool. when you're holding it in portrait, you can't reach the middle. And and on this screen it's even bigger, so I can't I could never reach the middle without like really stretching my hands. So you split you split the keyboard. But the thing is on iOS, it would move the app to be above the keyboard so that you could see what you're typing all the time. Right. And on on this, as far as I can tell so far, this is you know, nine hours of owning the thing. Um, I cannot I have not seen that. So like this morning when I was direct messaging you on Twitter and I was using the split-screen keyboard uh, in in portrait mode with this surface, um, I couldn't see what I was typing you. It was, it was weird. So so maybe that's Twitter's fault, maybe that's Windows 10's fault, but I'm sure they're going to clean that up because if somebody if anybody else is using that, they're going to figure out that that's bad. The pen is awesome. It really, really is. Um, I can double-click on the... I can just take the, the pen, by the way, sticks to the top um, it's the left side when you're in laptop mode, but in tablet mode, it's the top. It sticks to the side of the surface, and it sticks very well. I can nearly pick up the entire surface with the pen. Wow. That's how, but at the same time, by just by just um, sliding it down, it comes right off. So, like, pulling on it doesn't really pull it off. I mean, it could if you pull on it, but you slide down, and it comes right off. Um, so it's very well made that way. Like, I don't, I don't have any fear of losing the pen at all. Um, so if I pull it off, right, look at this, Danny, I have the pen right here, I can double click and it goes into editing mode and I can edit right now on my, like I can draw right now on, and I can still see you and simple note and everything, but I can draw right on the screen. And if I triple tap, it opens up Windows Ink Workspace and I can open up OneNote and start like be, like if I was a client meeting, there would be no difference between that and me having like a little physical notebook with me. So I'm really looking forward to like the next few weeks of me going to client meetings and taking notes and figuring that mix out. It's going to be very interesting. Um, pen. The, so the pen is great. The pressure sensitivity and all that stuff. I, I'm not a, a illustrator or anything, but it is very nice. Um, I talked about the on-screen keyboard. No home button. That is weird. Um, there's no... There is a button in the taskbar to go back to your quote-unquote start menu or to go back to all the tasks that you have running. Um, but there is no there's no button that takes you home in Windows 10. There is no home in Windows 10. Maybe the start menu could be considered that, I suppose. But there is a, a certain... iOS has a feeling where when you hit the home button, you are back to zero. And there's none of that in Windows, really. I don't know that I need it. I would say, let's talk about this again in two weeks, and I want to see where I am with that. Like, maybe I don't care at all about ever leaving the apps that I have open or anything like that. So there's there's a way to get to the desktop. 
There is a way to get to the desktop if I slide. So if I'm in tablet mode, I think I have to slide three fingers down from the top of the screen or something like that to get back. But there's no button. Right. There's no, like, one button. Yeah. And I think that's part of the, like, there's no, like, Microsoft explicitly says, this is your this is your computer, there is a file system, there is, there's yeah. no difference between this and um, using it as a desktop versus using it in, um, you know, as, as a tablet. And yeah. with, with the... Uh, iPad and iOS, it's you know the the home button takes you to the home. There's no there's no desktop. There's no like there's there's no file system. It's just app you know sandboxed apps and that's it. And yeah. um, I, I feel like that's that's the main difference. I, I like that they have like the gestures to get to things that are open, yep. things that are not. But yep. So. There is a, um, a a perpetual back button in the bottom left-hand corner when you're in tablet mode. So, like, right where Cortana is, there is a, um, when you're in tablet mode, which I don't know, maybe you can, can you instantiate tablet mode on your computer anyway, even though you don't have a tablet? I think you can. If you go to your uh, notification action center, there's a button that says tablet mode. Uh, let me see. But I don't know if you can still use your mouse then, so I'd be careful. <laughs> if if not, then then I'm completely wrong, which is certainly possible because I have no idea what I'm talking about. That's how I get to it. So notifications, tablet mode. Yes, I can turn it on, and you can still use your mouse. Okay. So in tablet mode, do you get a perpetual back button down near where Cortana was or right next to your Windows menu? Yes. Yeah. So so that is kind of interesting. It kind of is like Android's uh, – a lot of Android devices have a back button. Um, so if you're switching between applications or if you're a couple screens deep in an application, you always have a back button right there in, the, in that side. And on tablet mode, that's always showing – but the thing I find weird about it is when I'm in tablet mode on this big screen, I kind of have to move my entire hand all the way to the bottom left, which on iOS is always on the top left. So I'm just I have to get used to the fact that it, that you know I have to move my hand in a different direction. That's all. So that, that's kind of interesting. Um, I have not gotten. Is there a setting so that I can have Cortana listen to my voice all the time? Like whenever I click on Cortana, it expects me to type, um, and I would rather I would rather it always want me to say something to it. Maybe not though. I don't know. Hmm. So I'll look into that. That's a question I have. I sent that to yeah, Dom too. Yeah, it's always listening mode. Um. Let's see. Always listening mode would be that I can say, hey, Cortana, right? Yeah. Yeah, that would be okay. But what I mean is when I click on Cortana at the bottom, instead of me typing, I would rather be able to talk. 
So uh, anyway, there's a couple things I have to figure out there. I really like just being able to hit the Windows button and start typing. So like I can hit the Windows button, type in Twitter and get Twitter, or hit the Windows button, start typing system preferences and get system preferences, so on and forth. I love that. Because that means it's it's kind of like having um, Spotlight on Mac. Here's a look at the pros. Yeah, which means I don't, to, I don't have to look. I don't have to use the mouse. I don't have to use the mouse for anything. I love it. Um, let's see. I'm I'm firmly in the camp of not talking to my computer, so I, I I'm going to look into that just just out of pure curiosity, but. Um, Well, uh, so remember, remember the context. Sometimes, sometimes I'm in uh, tablet mode. So in tablet mode, I want to talk because typing is a pain in the butt on the virtual keyboard in comparison to typing on my keyboard here. Right. So, so in tablet mode, I want Cortana to be listening, and in in desktop mode, I never want to talk to her. So yeah, it's weird. Remember, I'm replacing two right devices with this. Like, when I'm going to be sitting on my couch at nighttime watching YouTube and fooling around on Twitter, I'm going to be on this machine. And when I'm working all day, I'm going to be on this machine. And when I'm reading, I'm going to be on this machine. And when I'm in bed, I'm going to be on this machine. Like, it's going to be the best thing ever to be on one thing all the time. It's really, if I get this down right, it's going to be really, really nice. I'm, I'm excited to see and read your blog posts about, about how this goes. Yeah. I, I'm trust me. So far, very pleasantly surprised, um, exceeding my expectations. Windows 10 has come a long way, even from when I used it, and I was impressed with it months ago. Um, but yeah, I'm really. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I want to cover really quick now. So the, coming up, my next my next thing that I have to do, get the rest of my photos over. That's fine. I use Spotify, so I don't have to worry about music. Um, I don't know if I'm going to install iTunes. I probably should, so I can back up my iPhone. I guess. Um, even though I back up my iPhone to iCloud, I guess I should probably back it up to my computer. I don't know yet. Um, so I don't know yet there. Uh, the, the next thing after that is I'm going to get Apache installed and get PHP running. And I know that MySQL isn't ready yet. So anybody that's thinking about this and switching, um, MySQL is not ready yet to run on Bash on Windows. So... They're still working on it, and I have the guy on Twitter that's actually working on this at Microsoft, so that's kind of cool, so I've been able to talk back and forth with him. Um, but I know that like, if I was going to build a WordPress site this week on my computer, I would have to use some kind of whatever people have been doing forever instead of using Bash on Windows. Um, so I'm going to wait. So I, you know, I still have my MacBook. I'll still be doing work on that, um, but it might take a couple weeks before they do the next release and have MySQL running. Yeah, I'm, I'm very curious... I, I'm gonna have to dig dig into exactly how they're doing that that bash on Windows because um, it was like a month or two months ago that I well maybe three months now but I you know went through the hassle of getting MySQL and PHP and all these individual parts and um, Git and everything working um, but it it was definitely like a huge undertaking in terms of like not knowing anything about developing on Windows. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, like, the experience ended with me, you know, basically giving up and saying, okay, well, um, I'm sure there's a better way to do this, but I'm, I'm just going to be in, you know, a virtual desktop using Ubuntu. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, 
But it sounds like the experience is a whole lot better, and so I'm, I'm going to revisit that. Um, so far, it's been great. I mean, I have it running right here. Like, it's awesome. So, yeah, that's going to be my week of getting getting my development environment set up and seeing if I can build something or run a PHP script or whatever, which I'm sure I'll get there. shouldn't be too hard. Um, and then maybe move some code over from my old computer and mess around with that. So I'll report back next week maybe as, as a follow-up to say how much uh, how much I was able to move over. And what I, my goal would be, it's... Um, you know, it's mid-November. My goal would be that I am able to sell my MacBook and my iPad by January. That's my goal. A fairly long-term goal, you know. Um, yeah, I could say, like, oh, I'm going to do it in a week, but I'm going to take my time and get everything that I want set up and moved over. And then if I can sell my MacBook, if I sell my MacBook and my iPad, it probably will be enough to pay for my Mavic, my uh, my drone. So think about it that way. Like, okay, I switched computers, I got rid of two devices, and I got a drone out of it. It's pretty sweet. I think that's a good trade-off. <laughs> yeah. So I'm very much looking forward to that. Anything else, anything else you want to ask me while I'm sitting here with it brand new? Um, boy. Uh... There's this little button. Do you have this button on yours? Um, next to the right alt button. There's like a menu button that is like right clicking on something. I do have that on my keyboard. I've, you know, now that you've met, I've never even. I don't know what I would attention. call I have that. A, you know, I have a function key. You know, alt function and then menu. I guess. Yeah, it looks I've never like a little menu. I've never seen that before. It's wherever your mouse is, I think, and it's like a right click, and it's kind of interesting. I don't know in what context I would ever use that, but I'm looking forward to kind of trying to find out. It's the application key. That's what they're calling it. Yeah. Interesting. Very. When did this start? <laughs> you know, it's, it's been like 10 years, you know, 10 years since I've been on... 10 plus since I've used the the menu key. That's interesting. It's been 10 years since what? Since since being on and being like a power Windows user. So and and you're just, you're, just I'm glad I, I'm glad I'm coming over to to open up your eyes to some of these things. <laughs> well, cuz like yesterday I was at work and one of the developers there I was like, you know, Oh man, I'm really looking forward to trying out Bash on Windows and blah blah blah. And he's like, Bash, Bash on what? Like, what did you say? And because he's been he's been SSHing or Telnetting or whatever the heck you call it into a Linux box in his living room to do all of his development, and he's been doing it for and he's on Windows 10 and he had no idea that he could use Bash on Windows. So like, I don't think Microsoft's doing a great. I mean, it's still in beta, but I don't think Microsoft's doing a great job of like even letting their own customer base know that you can do this now. Yeah, I, and I have, have to imagine that getting the, you know, database support and stuff, like, that's probably one of the core things before they want to say, all right, oh, I, everybody, like, do it all now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they want to get their all their ducks in a row, so. Um, questions for you for Windows 10. 
Um, well, not only that, but the Surface Book in general. The Surface Book. Um, one of the things you had talked about was the like the physical switch and like the moving the tablet. Do you think that's still going to hold up? Having you know had it for a while now, like not a while, a while. <laughs> but versus you know just in the store and and you know all that. Do you think it, this, it's still this hold thing up? is this thing is really really well built? Um, I also have a two-year warranty on it. So so to get a terabyte of OneDrive for a year, um, Microsoft Office 365 or whatever the heck that thing's called, so all the Office stuff uh, for a year, um, and a warranty for two or three years, and 50 bucks off any case that I wanted for this uh, was like $170. So I bought it because I was like, for that exact reason of... What if this hinge blows and I can't connect it again? Um, and, and I think if it's going to blow, it'll probably blow in two years. Like if, it's, if, if they didn't make it very well, in two years this thing won't work anymore. Or if I lose the pen or something. But they said it covers all of that. So um, that was totally worth it to me, 170 bucks for that. So I have a decent warranty. Um, but I would say that it feels very good. Like every bit, every piece on this thing feels very well built. Yeah, you're you're definitely making the sell for it. I <laughs> I I, I want to you know I want to drive down to Portland and check it out. Um, How long would it take you to get there? It's uh, probably thirty minutes or so. Oh, so okay. Remember, I just went two hours last bad. night. It's not bad at all. Yeah, a four hour ride I took, but I did get to go to an Irish pub last night, which was good. An Irish, <laughs> uh, New Jersey, got fish and chips and some Guinness, so that made it worth it as well. So the the thing that uh, your your next topic on order, um, yeah, it kind of kind of ties into the uh, the follow up um, as yeah. well, and and it's kind of uh, you know your follow up question is where are your blog posts, Danny? And yeah, um, and this this kind of ties into I, I've been kind of doing this uh, brainstorming business brainstorming group. Um, I have a number of friends that are currently unemployed, working basically minimum wage jobs right now, but they're you know degreed and looking for their next actual career gig. What happened? Um, and you know just just to say regular layoffs and yeah, um, you know the two of them are in marketing and you know usually the marketing department is the first one to get cut when there's when there's something going wrong. Marketing and IT. <laughs> Uh-huh. So so uh you know uh I'm doing these brainstorming sessions um and just like okay aggressively pushing towards finding a business that we can you know build or work on or um you know do mar- um, marketing for or like business targeting and and not just like shooting the breeze but actually like digging into market research and doing all sorts of, um, like, okay, we, we think sporting goods stores are going to be like a main, main thing going forward. How do we get clients? And what, yeah. what is the strategy for clients? Is it cold calling? And okay, who do you choose to cold call? Like really digging in and saying like, what are these strategies? How do we, how do we turn this into an actual business that makes us money versus, um, you know, just, 
meeting once a week and shooting the breeze. <laughs> yep. So um, I, I've been kind of you know, laser focused as far as like trying to get uh, a business actually up and running. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, with four people in two or three different time zones and um, scheduling all that, plus my, you know, my regular job and, and all that kind of stuff. So I've, I've been basically kind of burnt out by the time I'm, my, my day is done. All I want to do is go to sleep. And so, what do you um, think my last two weeks have been like? (laughs) So, so I've blogging has been kind of at the back. So the, that, that's, Mm -hmm. that's a great excuse. But the, the other thing is, is that I have, I've kind of made a commitment to not write about politics, and unless you've been good idea. unless you've been living li- living under a rock for the past four years, there's been a lot of political stuff happening, and there was just an election, and I've been like, okay, I am I am committed to not writing political stuff mm-hmm. and political opinion pieces, and so it's why I haven't like know, I don't think we should I don't think we should talk about it here because it, it, there's been too much of it already. So like there's one there's there's too much of it already, and then two I, I don't think that. Say like there's no value add for, for yeah. me personally, um, like to comment on it, even even though it's a large conversation that's happening now. Um, I think that you know the the context of it is always and again like with with these uh, you know meetings that I've been having is is okay. How can we take advantage of the you know economic environment um, and future economic environments, no matter what, you know, no matter which, which way politics go and which state and all that kind of stuff, like it's, it should always be, okay, how can we take advantage of, of what's happening right now for, Mm -hmm. for the good and benefit of of my business and, and my personal life, you know, because there's a lot of political stuff that's most political stuff is out of your control and you don't really have any effect on it. And so you should be saying like, okay, this is this looks like how it's happening. How can I invest, or how can I, you know, kind of take advantage of it for, from in my own personal life or in my business, rather than yeah. being like, you know what, this this is this is like a big thing to me, and and I'm gonna write a thousand words on it, and and hey, like writing is good and it helps people like express themselves, and I'm glad that people are so many people are participating in the political process, um, or more than normal, <laughs> maybe. But um, just personally, I, I think um, like it's not the most beneficial thing, and so I've been you know, focusing my energies elsewhere, and um, and not you know even, even though I would love and you know that's kind of like if I was going to write anything, that's what I would want want to write about, and so I haven't been writing <laughs> because I I know that it's not like something that in you know, maybe even one or two years, I'll, I'll be like, yes, you know what, I really, I'm really glad that I spent an hour writing this blog post and, you know, on this, you know, hotbed political topic. Like, that's not something that I want on my blog, like, long-term future, so. I I can understand that. So. Totally. Um, so. In the context of this, everything yeah. is pre-ordered. Everything is a Kickstarter, Kickstarter, 
Indiegogo. Um, yeah. What, what's it? Sure seems like it. What, what's it? your your take? Um, can you hear me? Yep. Okay. Because uh, I'm I'm fooling around with my start menu right now. Love this thing. Uh, I it sure seems like every time. So I'll give you a couple of examples. You know, Apple released some stuff. Microsoft released some stuff. DGI released some stuff. Karma really, uh, excuse me, uh, GoPro released some stuff. And all of those things are that, that you're, you, that people are still waiting for them, you know? Uh, and that's like annoying, you know what I mean? Uh, and I'm starting to get frustrated by it because it's not, it, it seems like it's like a Kickstarter generation now where everything is pre-order or even worse, um, because Kickstarter is not even pre-order. It's like fund and maybe order. <laughs> so I don't know. It's just starting to get frustrating that like everything that I want, like I want to buy, I want to buy the DGI and like, I'm not going to buy it until it comes out. Cause look what happened with karma. I, I, before the, the GoPro karma came out, um, I was talking to some friends, uh, mutual friends that, that we're wearing the drones. I have a, I have a very inexpensive toy drone that my wife got me. And, um, I've been waiting for nine months to upgrade to something more expensive and, and better features and everything. And before the GoPro came out, I was saying, uh, if GoPro comes out with one, I want to wait till they do to see what they have and then maybe get theirs. Well, I almost did until DGI released uh, or said they were going to release theirs and neither of them are out yet. Like no one has them yet. Um, and many, many, many people have ordered them, but no one has them. So it's 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 getting a little bit frustrating. That's all. That 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 we're in a spot where like, uh, you can't get what you pay for. You have to wait, and some of the things may never come. Like some of the stuff on Kickstarter, and I'm not a humongous Kickstarter person, so it's not like I run into this a ton. But a lot of people have, and there's like, you know, um, people get people don't even never get their stuff. Do you order a lot of stuff on there? Um, I've, I've backed a number of projects, and my experience, I, I've, everything that I've backed has been delivered, um, mm-hmm. but I've kind of, you know, reversed my, you know, pre-order opinion, or, like, I used to be like, yeah, I'm, I'm completely all for this, like, pre-order, you know, even, even just backing a project that's like, okay, you know, they're going to get... $13,000 or $13 million, um, and then there's no obligation to deliver anything. Um, mm-hmm. I've kind of kind of reversed my, my opinion on it. I think it's, I, I still think it's a great way, and it's great marketing, and it's great for, you know, for businesses. I don't think it's the best for consumers, and, um, and, in in that context, as a as a consumer, I've stopped pre ordering stuff unless I know that it's actually like it's actually going to be delivered on a certain mm-hmm. date. Like that, there's no. I mean, there's always chances for delays or whatever. But um, yeah. you know, I'm I'm not going to pre order unless there's an actual delivery date set. You know, like for example, oh. I pre ordered the new uh, Sting album. Which is fifty seventh and ninth, 
and I knew that I was going to get to deliver five days after the release date because I wanted the extra dollar from Amazon to, to use for digital purpose, purchases mm-hmm. rather than using my Prime or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I took advantage of that deal. Not sponsored by Amazon, but that would be <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> uh, but I, I'm not going to pre-order something unless there's, oh, it's going to be delivered, you know, before Christmas Day or mm-hmm. on, on a specific five days after release. And this is our, you know, scheduled release day because we already have a product kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think part of part of this, like why people are so accepting of it, is that the internet allows people to share the creation process and people and companies in general. And the people that are actually excited about and want the product, they don't like they don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, like they would rather know and see, you know, see the sausage be made rather than, um, than just be kept, kept in the dark. And I feel like if you tried to keep people in the dark, you know, it, it's the, you know, it's the internet generation and there's not a lot of, if it, if there's going to be leaks. And I feel like even, even Star Wars where they, they keep it locked down so hard. There's still yeah. set photos. There's still, you know, like they're still releasing a little bit of, of stuff so that there's not a, you know, they're still doing interviews and people in, on the inside are still talking about it, um, mm-hmm. you know, talking about how the sausage is made, even though that there's not like, oh, this is a huge story leak or this or that. Like, I feel like people, there's so many people. It's like, you know, you can't keep a secret between you know, more than two people or more than one person, somebody is going to talk. And Mm -hmm. um, even if it is just, oh, hey, here's a cool set photo. And um, I I think we are in this this Kickstarter pre-order generation because it is extremely beneficial to to the manufacturer or creator or, you know, the people selling the product. Oh, it definitely is, yeah. um, And... And rather than, you know, letting, let's say, like, the karma or um, letting the, uh, you know, like, rather than not taking advantage of people leaking information, they'd rather do it themselves and, like, take advantage of the fact that there is, like, genuine interest in their product and in their, you know, you know movie or whatever. Um, yeah. And, and using, using the fact that people are okay with it. Um, I don't, I think that Kickstarter and products and people, I think you need to, and companies need to be like explicitly clear on, Hey, um, we, we're going to allow people to pre-order and you may even get a discount for pre-ordering. Um, because, Mm -hmm. but unless they have like a solid, clear, like this is our, this is our release date. And it is what it is, and we are, we are going to have product on hand on that release date, even if we completely sell out of our you know first batch of orders. Um, 
on day one of the pre-orders, we're going to, you know, ramp up and have product on day one. Um, mm -hmm. On, you know, whenever we schedule day one, you know, hey, you may have to push back and say, oh, hey, you know, we were expecting 10,000 and we got 1 million pre-orders. So obviously we're going to have to, you know, push back the actual release date. But for everybody that pre-ordered, um, you know, we're going to just start delivering as soon as we can, um, you know. Yeah with that release date being the, the release date and we won't, you know, Hey, we got too many orders. That's a great thing. You know, great problem to have. But, um, I, I don't, I don't think that saying, Oh, Hey, um, you know, prime example is Oculus. Um, the Oculus Rift, you know, they, they announced it and they're like, Oh, well, maybe sometime in March is going to be the release date and or April or, you know, sure. They had some manufacturing problems, but, I feel like there's a um, less of an ob obligation to actually deliver, you know, that they once people take your money. <laughs> and, you know, even, even if it was a pre-order like the, the Rift was, um, I think companies need to start, like, putting a line in the sand and saying, okay, um, if we are going to do pre-orders, Mm -hmm. We're going to have an explicitly clear release date that we know no matter, like, this is the latest Yeah, we, we can release, you know, even if we got a million orders or two million orders or ten million orders, um, you know, our manufacturer will, would be able to ramp up and, and deliver and have product on release day. Right. Um, you know, even if it's just, you know, five in every store um, or you know, five on, on Amazon.com, um, Amazon.com, <laughs> uh, you know, just, I, I think that the companies need to actually like put that, put that down and say, okay, you know, we, we are going to have product when we say we're going to have product because, mm -hmm. um, you know, not having a release date is, like, for, for me, if you don't have a release date, I'm going to be like, oh, hey, that's cool, and then forget about you. Yep. Um, like, I've had several emails from stuff on Kickstarter where I backed it at one point and had totally forgot. And there are products, okay, I'll give it to you. There are some things that I can order that if they came in three months and I would be like, oh, cool, I forgot I ordered this. That's cool, now I have it. But there are other things that I need. I can't pre-order uh, – so, like, some people may put drone in that classification. Like, doesn't matter when you get it. Not when I've been waiting nine months to buy one, um, and I want I, – now I want one. I, I, I already missed fall. Think about it that way. Like, I could have bought an, a different drone. I could have bought it and, and, and got great fall footage this year. But I did not get great fall footage this year that I wanted to get because I literally don't have it. And so now that to me impacts me. Now, if I was a professional photographer, I'm not. But if I was, it really would impact me. So there are some things, yeah, you can order. I can order socks online and wait three months. I don't care. But not because I can just go buy socks at Walmart if I have to. But not like something that I want. And um, 
the MacBook is is one of them. Like people people are saying that they're starting to ship today, so that's good. I saw a couple of people tweet today that they saw some some shipments happening, so that's good. But who knows when 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 like DJI stuff is gonna gonna go? You know, weird. Oh, I have a couple more Windows 10 questions uh, that I that because yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm I'm flopping around in here. What do you use for reminders? Um, <laughs> everything goes through my phone. I I'm not using any sort of reminder or calendar system. Oh. You know, I'm in browser using um you know Google Calendar right now. But um, okay, because as far as I can tell, I can ask Cortana to create a reminder for me, but it doesn't put it anywhere. Like in other words, um, there is no reminders app. Like on iOS, there's a reminders app, and it 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 is on every device, but I don't know what I would use. I mean, I could use Wonderlist or something, but I didn't really want to so have a whole different... It, it looks like there's a like a calendar app, and... There is a calendar app, but there's no reminders in it that I know of, or that I can see. So, you know, you can have events in, in it. You know, it's, it's basically like, you know, the calendar from Outlook or But yeah, it's it's not clearly like, oh, here's a reminder. Here's here's a I guess I should ask this. It's more of a to-do list. Like where would I put my shopping list? Do I have to use OneNote for that? Hmm. Yeah, I, I think I think that really depends on your workflow like um, one one thing I'm curious to try and, and see if uh, like how Trello could integrate into Windows 10. I have Trello, but there's no app. I have to use the, the website. Like I have to use the web app for Trello because I use Trello quite a bit. Which I wish there was an app, but there's not an app for Mac either. So, but the problem with this is that this is a touchscreen, and I can't move my tiles back and forth on. Using my finger on Trello, huh. and as far as I can tell, there's no Windows app. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I should actually. I, you know, I know a lot of people like they use their calendar as like, oh. Go shopping, and then here's my list. Um, yeah, but yeah, I'm I'm curious. You know, a lot of a lot of uh, Windows 10, like using Windows in the context of using Windows versus, you know, I'm I'm using Windows for my browser, and everything I do is through my browser. Um, then I have to start thinking and like looking at Windows, you know, in that context. I'm tweeting them right now. Trello. Yeah, they're very good. About, they're very good about that. But um, I'm asking them if if there's a Windows 10 app coming or at least tablet mode support for touch. Trello. It's Saturday, I know, but they're pretty good about that. Feature board. Let's see. 
Trello development roadmap. Yeah, they do have a Trello board for their own stuff, so Let's I could see. look on there. I could look on there. Not sure how active it is. <laughs> by the way, by the way, the mail app is pretty nice. Um, but I can't find a way, which I know you probably don't use this. I'm, I'm asking, I'm asking, it's like me, I'm talking to the wind here. Uh, <laughs> you don't use anything on Windows. You're like, oh yeah, I'm a Windows user, but you know, I don't, I just, I'm, I think you just stare at your computer all day. Um, is in, in the mail app, I can't figure out a way to set it to send plain text email instead of HTML. Because HTML email is mind-bogglingly bad. It should never have been invented. And... Because it's never consistent. Like if I email somebody and it says, oh, 10-point Helvetica or whatever, they, who knows what they get on their end. I want it to be plain text email. Can't. There's no way to do it from what I can tell. Like when I click new mail, it gives me like a word formatting bar to format the text. But there's no like I don't want that anymore. I would rather – just plain text. I mean, I can't. I haven't found found it yet. I've I haven't really looked. People calendar. Yeah, it's it's like okay. So here's Outlook options. No. <laughs> Bust out. <laughs> I I saw somebody have Outlook open the other day. I don't know what you look at in Outlook. There is seven thousand buttons. Or more. There might be more. Outlook settings. There might be a four four hundred million buttons. Personalization. Nope. <laughs> You're la- why are you laughing? Tell tell everybody why. So so I'm I'm looking in. So basically, the, the context of this is that. Windows is is in this transition period from from being like okay we have everything under the sun here's all the features here's everything here you go we don't care we don't care about you we don't care about developers we're just like Bill Gates needed every single one of these features for his his office or his 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 secretary wanted a new feature every week and so this is why all these features are in in Outlook, for the past, you know, 30 years, they've just been ad feature bloat. And so um, the old Outlook is this huge, like, monolithic application that has everything, and it's a huge mess. And then the Windows 10 application is, like, the opposite of this, where it's like, okay, uh, (laughs) um, (laughs) so there's, like, okay, quick actions, hey, that's cool. Um, swiping, you know, reading, okay, you know, seeing, like, the, the settings, it's, like, it's mind-blowing, like, how limited, like, and you can cl- yeah. tell this is, like, was, like, a, a Windows 8, like, oh, let's throw out everything that was in, um, in Outlook, and now, or, or just hide it, and, and just Trust make, make I, your I, own I application, so it's, it's, it's mind-blowing that they, that they even shipped, like, something so simple, <laughs> Um, but I'm, I'm sure that there's, you know, some, like you said, some setting somewhere to be able to send, um, plain text email. Nope. 
So I don't know what I don't know what to use for reminders. I got to figure that out. That's big for me. I use that a lot. Um, I don't want to switch mail applications. I just wish I could send it plain text. That's the only thing I want from mail. That's it. So everything else works great. I have gestures I can archive and delete by sliding left and right. Great, fine, cool. Can't can't uh, can't send plain text email. There's a feedback button in almost every app except for mail. Oh, there's a feedback. It's in the menu. So let me type, let me type in this plain text email. Yeah, and just I just looked up in office.com and it says send email as plain text support Mailing calendar on Windows 10? No. <laughs> so it's, and if you go it's there. Your, I'm sure that I'm sure somebody's hacked it. <laughs> there's a Windows 10 feedback app, and it's upvoted four times. How do I upvote this thing? Oh, I just upvoted it five times. We'll see if we can get this thing out there. If you if if you're listening to this, go into the feedback thing and upvote. Why can't I forward a message as plain text? Upvote that bad boy. I just got the Wikipedia app, which looks nice on uh, Windows 10 compared to iOS. So uh, on iOS, it's nice, but this one's even nicer. The for me, like the bizarre thing is this: even the concept of having like Windows 10 apps is just so like it's bizarre because like I've only yeah because used you don't use. I've only used Windows in the context of at, not as a tablet, and yeah. I, I think one of the, the things that they're going to have to do is um, I feel like they need to get rid of the oh this is a tablet app versus this is not, and ha- just have have a apps that work or like a button like. Hey, this has tablet mode enabled or featured tablet mode, um, so that when you're in tablet mode, or if you, you know, use that application, that it can be used in tablet mode, or it can be, you know, clicked into, or it has like the, you know, I, I'm not sure what the the nomenclature is, but um, I I think differentiating, like, you, you shouldn't have Skype, the Windows 10 application. Versus Skype, the Windows application, like that should never happen. <laughs> um, I guess I guess there is some of that. I, I've noticed that there is something called like OneNote Universal and OneNote 2016. I don't know the difference between the two of them yet. I'm guessing that one of them works on tablet mode and one of them doesn't. I don't know, um, but I haven't noticed that with anything else. Like I don't have two versions of Skype. The thing I have right now is called Skype Preview, but it seems to work pretty good. Yeah, and, and that may be. That may be just a, um, like a, a, a bad memory from Windows, from Windows 8, but, um, I think they need to be clear about, oh, like, all your applications are applications that can work, and, um, whether, whether you're in tablet mode or not, like, it'll, it, it will work, but there's, you know, Built for built for Windows 10 with 
with tablet mode support or, or whatever, you know, just kind of like a, instead of GMO-free, it's it's tablet mode included. Mm-hmm. Um, rather than only works in tablet mode, kind of, kind of, uh, you know, they need to get the developers on board or, you know, their own marketing team saying, you know, there there is one Windows, whether right. you're tablet or not. Right. Agreed. So the question I have, do you think yeah. do you think Microsoft will come out with a um, a touch enabled just a pure screen? Like you know, they have the um, Service Studio that's like the fully integrated. Do you think they'll come out with just like a a screen, a touch enabled screen? I would. Do you do you mean a large one? Yes, like tw- like a twenty seven inch plus. 33, you know, I have like, both, both my bosses, um, keep telling me, you should go to Costco and get a 33 inch screen, it's life changing, and I'm like, I already have, I would a, 20, say this. I have a 27. I would say this, um, yes, but, right now, you can go get a very cheap Windows 10 machine, um, whether that's a laptop, or, they even make like these USB sticks, which aren't that powerful, but obviously, but but you can get these small things and just attach it to a to a touchscreen television. So like they like the, you can go buy any touchscreen at any size and just use Windows 10 on it, and it would work. I think that's true. I I also like. I think that part of Microsoft's hardware strategy is executing where every like their hardware partners have not. So, yeah, I don't. Know. I w- I would like for them to come out with like. Well, the Surface Studio is what you're talking about. It's just probably more than what you would need. Well, but the Surface Studio is insane. Like it's awesome. Well, for for example, like okay, Surface Studio, but um, on a like okay, I I have Surface Studio, but I also want to use, you know, I'm a, I'm a video editor, and I want to have, you know, dual screen kind of kind of stuff, but I, hey, it's Windows and I want both, both screens to be Windows, like. But you want it to be touchscreen. Right, you want it to be touchscreen, and you want that same, like, hard, that pairing of the hardware and software that Microsoft's delivered on. Yeah. So, I don't, I I would, I would like to see them, you know, probably, it's probably not going to be, you know, in a year, but maybe in two or three years, um, for them to, like, realize, oh, hey, like we're going after the pro market, and the pro market loves to have more than one screen, and yep. um, and recognize and build in a ton of more, more, but continue to build more pro features on on the hardware side and the and the software side. So that's that's kind of my. I, I like the direction Microsoft's going. I just hope they continue to do it. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm putting the uh, Surface Book back on. Like, I, I had been in tablet mode for a while, but I'm putting it back on the case because I'm running low on battery, but I can put it back on the case and have more battery. So now I have it in what is called convertible mode, which is heavy. It, I'll tell you that. But now I have, by plugging it in, well, 
I doesn't tell me how long I have right now, but I gained all that battery back just by plugging it in. It's pretty wild. Like it's not plugged into the wall; it's just plugged into the keyboard. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, I I don't know. I I think that's one of the things that kills me in terms of you know thinking about oh I really want uh, you know some other device. It's like okay, do I want another device that they're focused on making thin rather than giving me more battery life? <laughs> Go to the Microsoft Store and play with the Surface Book. I'm going to have to. (laughs) You are going to have to. It's wild. This thing is awesome. It's really cool. It's really cool. I'm I'm really digging it. I'm I'm looking forward to this week, getting it set up even more. But I just did, I mean, while I've been talking to you, you know, I'm on Skype, full screen. And while I'm talking to you, I was editing my simple note. I was opening, I I, uh, switched all my pen preferences so that now if I just tap the eraser, blink i go right into a brand new note in in one note which is really awesome that means that if like i'm at a client meeting or something and i just want to jot down a note i can literally just tap it once and it goes right to it instead of trying to find the app and everything it's super super nice very much looking forward to the future of this i think there's a lot here and if they keep if they really start refining some of the little tiny things i think i brought up a couple last time like, if I tap on an input, the keyboard should come up regardless at any time, all the time. I shouldn't have to ask for the keyboard. But if they just do little tiny things like that, we're going we're gonna to see a, a, a really useful piece of machinery here. Yeah, I'm, I am glad that you have not returned it yet. <laughs> <laughs> Nine hours in. I'm not driving back there. Are you kidding? So, um, tweeting from your blog... And feature of the week. Yeah, so tweeting for my blog, just a quick update there. That, that's the other piece of follow-up is I have it now so that um, before it was only tweeting statuses. And it was tweeting statuses that were of any length. So if it was less than 140, it would just tweet the status with no link. If it was more than 140 characters, it would tweet the status with a with it truncated and then a link back to the website. Now I've extended it so that it automatically tweets out... Um, all of my posts as they go public. And so if I do a blog post, it just does the title with a link to it. If I do uh, an image post, it prepends the title with the word image so that you know it's an image. Um, and if it's an audio bit, I did not add the, the thing at the, at the beginning that, that I would like to add the little speaker emoji, actually, um, because I do that on Twitter a lot. Uh, so I have a little bit more work to do, but it's way more... Um, full featured now. So I'm going to release that script soon. Like how it's just a WordPress plugin. You just turn it on and you have to edit the file yourself. I'm not going to put it in the plugin directory or anything like that, but it is 100% more reliable than all of the other plugins that I used for Twitter combined. Like Jetpack and Publicize and who knows what and something else and all these other plugins that I tried. I literally did try them all. I I could not get them to work. So now I'm going to have a nice little readme so that somebody can update it if they want for themselves and add it to their WordPress, and they're good. Nice. So I'll have that out probably probably this week or next week. But I've got mine working just the way I want. So I can, I can actually never use Twitter if I didn't want to. I can just tweet right from my site. Do you use the WordPress um, 
app on your phone? I do on my phone, and I did on my iPad. Um, I don't on my computer, and I have no idea what I'm going to use on this yet. Um, in tablet mode, I think I would like to have a WordPress app. In browser mode, it's fine using the admin. So I'm not. I'm. I have not yet solved that problem uh, oh. for tablet mode. It looks like they do have a a Windows WordPress application. Oh, they should because it's they built everything on React, so everything's uh, like they can they they have one for every platform. They should. Yeah. So I'll probably give them that a whirl. Um, I I want to say just uh, my my kind of my feature of the week or yeah application yeah. of the week is uh, civilization. Oh, see, I just saw somebody else tweet about this, and uh, and now that I have a PC, I was like, oh, maybe I'll get a game. So one of my my main primary motivations and reasons why I'm on Windows is for gaming. Um, there's you know, there's just so many games where it's like they're developed on Windows for Windows and Windows is their primary base and you know, they might have a Xbox or PS whatever and um, but they're, they're Windows applications and you need to have Windows and if you you might be able to hack it to work on Linux but that's, that's it, good luck. Um, so I am just barely diving in to Civilization, I think it's Civ 6, and um, they don't have mind, a store on Windows. It's mind-blowing so how, how deep this game is in terms of, like, what there is to do and, and like, strategy and, like, I'm, I'm not even scratching the surface and, <laughs> and just, you know, I've, I've I played like two or three hours at, with in a multiplayer game with uh, my brother and a few of his friends and some AI opponents, and we played for three hours. And I thought, like, man, I'm feeling like I'm behind and I don't really know what to do. And then they're like, oh no, no, this this game is going to take like weeks, and total game time will probably be like thirty hours or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know, I thought I was really behind and I was going to be, you know, losing in, in 30 minutes and getting Zerg rushed. Because <laughs> that's my context of, like, playing these types of games. It's like, you know, you might build up and build up and build up um, and then get destroyed by people who know what they're doing. And they're like, oh, no, don't worry about it. Like, I'm still in the very, very beginning of this game. <laughs> yeah. So um, that's kind of kind of my, my feature application of the week in terms of, like, I'm, I'm surprised and pleasantly surprised, you know, $60 game and, um, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll buy a game and then be, you know, be done with it in a week or two weeks and I'll feel like, even if it was, even if it was like a fantastic game and I might go back and play it, you know, in six months or whatever, um, there's always a little bit of buyer's remorse, um, yeah. if, if I'm done with it so soon and, and I feel like I'm going to be going back to Civ Six a ton um, on a regular basis. So um, I'm pleasantly, pleasantly surprised. Um, in to to your question about Windows and, and yeah. gaming, 
I feel like Valve, um, through their Steam store, everything is, is if you're gaming, you're, you're in the Steam store. You're, you're buying things in the Steam store, you do the Steam sales, um, and I, I'm kind of torn between this, like, hey, it would be, um, it would be nice if there was, like, you know, Windows Game Store, and everything went through the Windows Store, um, or if there was some other third party, but, um, on the other hand, I'm glad it's not, you know, an Apple situation, and I think Valve has a, um, like a genuine motivation and interest in like keeping the crap out and and promoting the best applications and new people that are doing interesting things. And so, um, whereas, you know, Microsoft or Apple, they might make their money through selling other things and their app store is not a core priority and yeah. keeping the quality and all of that is not a core priority for Apple or Microsoft. And so um, I'm kind of glad that there is some other third party. And even if it's a big entrenched, you know, they have a huge portion of the, the market share. Um, I'm, I'm just glad that it exists in the first place. Um, yeah. Because the, the opposite experience is, you know, driving 90, 90 minutes or going to Walmart or, or whatever and hoping that they have it and, and like calling ahead and like dealing with, what may or may not be a good customer service experience versus, oh, click and buy. Yeah. I, I want to give it a try. Um, I've never used Steam, obviously, or not maybe not, so obviously. I just never have used anything. So I'd probably like to get a game or something because I, I have this thing right here. I can't reach it, but it uh, plugs into the HDMI port of my TV and lets me throw my sur- whatever's on my surface right on the TV so I can see playing games like that. Um, definitely check out Steam. I'd say maybe that's that could be a you know feature of the week or application of the week. Um, you know, in, yeah. in the in the future. And uh, I've I've used Steam for a long time on Windows on um, on Mac. You know, they're they're definitely you know pitching and putting themselves as a you know post. Um, not post-PC, but like post-PC Mac wars and and really trying to go for themselves, you know, platform compatibility across the board, even if most of the games and stuff are developed for Windows. My feature of the week is called Microsoft Hello, I think. I'm not positive on that, Um, but it is... When I open my Surface Book, it checks my face and logs me in. Um, I have no idea if it's more or less secure than my finger on uh, iOS, um, but it is more convenient. It's pretty cool. And it does very, very well. Like I've been in random situations in the last few hours where I'm like laying down in bed. It picked me up just fine. Um, and it's not, it's not like it does false positives because there was people in the Microsoft store yesterday and it didn't work with them, but it worked with me, you know. Um, and uh, I've been like far away from it. I've been close. So it's pretty cool. 
one thing that uh, I, I really hope that not just Microsoft or Apple or whoever, but anybody that's making a hardware device or people making software that has a password login, I hope that this, you know, whether it's a image, face, facial recognition, or um, fingerprint scan, or that, I hope that becomes your username, not your password. And I hope that, um, like, that's that authenticates who you are, or that somebody has a representation of who you are. That's that's identity. That's not that's not a password. And so I feel like they still need to pair that with you know with a password or a key or Yeah, I have a I have a PIN and a password. So, I I hope I hope that both of those like that that catches on um and and yeah. becomes, you know, not not just like a, you know, for for, you know, traditional four digit PIN, but like a true password or like a you know, SHA-2 hash or, or whatever it is that, that you have to prove that you are who you are through um, an identity check and then a um, a password check as well. So mm-hmm. I, I think, I and I, I hope that's that's what the future is in terms of, in terms of logging in because the... <laughs> You know the whole two factors that, that you know. Oh, you can log into your into your email, or you can log into another thing that is probably already compromised. If one of the things is compromised, like it doesn't make sense right now. Yeah, I do have another question, really quick. Since we're done, uh, is the if you open up File Explorer, right? Um. Is there a column view? So that, do you know what column view would mean? So do you want, like, like rather than details, you want just multiple columns? or? Yeah, so, like, if I, if I click on pictures and then camera roll, I don't have to double tap to get into camera roll. I would just be tapping, and it would be like a tree, kind of like Finder on Mac. Um, okay, so... In in File Explorer, uh, you can go to like this File Home Share View. Yeah, I tried go, every view. I tried every view thing. Every, and none of those matches exactly what you're looking for. No, because let let's say I'm on List View, and I'm in my Pictures folder. If I tap on Camera Roll, I have to double tap to get into it instead of just instead of just it showing me the contents of camera roll in a second column. It, it may not even, it, it may not be possible. It may just not be possible with, with Windows. Let me see. Uh, I'm just trying to get to my Eclipse folder. So, I'm on desktop. Oh, okay. I think I see, I think I know what you're talking about. Um, Is that a preview pane? Is that what they call that? No, that doesn't work. Yeah, I don't think they have it.
so that's something that that Finder is is like I like I don't know how you could want to like click and click and click and click and click and click to get into something you know it's weird it's weird of course explore itself in touch is is not good it's not made for this at all they probably should come up with a touch version of explore I would think. Okay, so if I say navigation pane, expand to open folder. Let's see what that does. Alright, so say contents. People that use Windows that are listening to this would are gonna be laughing like, at us. Like, oh that's easy, or oh what do you why do you want to do that? <laughs> <laughs> I feel I feel like that's that's my like the two two reactions I have when I, when somebody who's new to computers is like oh um, like I want to do this and it's either like oh that's easier like what why would you want to do that Well it'd be different if it was better this way but it really isn't like it's it's like I have a left hand column that has a whole bunch of sources in it and I have a quick access area I've got Dropbox I've got OneDrive I've got stuff that's on this computer and my network thing if I tap on pictures and then I tap on camera roll, I should be able to see what's in the camera roll without it doing like without going anywhere. You know, it's and it is very odd that they don't have something like that. Like they have nothing like that. Everything else is just double click on everything. Just double click like crazy on everything. I I think there's going to be a oh no, that's the navigation pane. Um I feel like there should be a way to do this, and maybe, maybe it's like an add-on, or somebody's built it, built like a file explorer plus or something. But it feels like this is something that's hidden in in some options. <laughs> I would think, but so far nothing. But yeah, I'm, I'm gonna have to have to dig into that because. I agree that that would be that would be really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just I guess I'm, I'm not a not a power Windows user yet. <laughs> <laughs> ten years in. Ten no, years no, 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 no. This is this is ten years of using Mac as my primary OS. Oh. And I've switched to Windows like since July. I'm, I'm gonna listen to some random European guy on YouTube. Um, well, I, I think that that uh, kind of wraps us up here. Yeah, let's let's wrap her up. Let's say good riddance to the week and wow to Windows and uh, it's a whole new world. Alright, and we'll talk later. Later.